Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Jack Bartek. This is episode 31 and today we are going to be interviewing Billy Quash, who is a content creator for the NFL and works closely with the Kansas City Chiefs. He is a winner of two Grammys and it is a pleasure of two Emmys and it is a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. So we just want to ask you, how are you doing? How's your day today? Dude, I'm doing good. How's it going? Uh, I'm just chilling right now, playing some video games, but um, new week. So excited for that. What video game are you playing? I was just going to ask the same uh, thing. <laughs> uh, I'm playing Rust. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a PC survival game. And it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you basically start off on the beach naked with a rock and you work your way in and start <laughs> building weapons and start killing each other. It's the life of a creator. Oh, yeah. gotta gotta get my creative juices flowing somehow so one of the first questions i want to ask you this has been on my mind for a while yeah because how how crazy it is just to be around patrick mahomes almost all the time (laughs) um honestly it's not that crazy and i'm no longer around him as much as people would probably think so i used to work for the chiefs for two years Mm mm-hmm and I probably saw him a little bit more then than I do now. Um, but now I just work game days for the NFL as a part of the LCC program. Mm-hmm. So I only really see him um, on game days. And I, I, this season is different because it's because of COVID. So I, I don't even, you know, really get to see him at all because I'm not really allowed to go to like the player entrances for arrivals or on the field like next to them i'm just kind of stuck in the stands shooting from there so this season's a little different um but normally on a, in a non-covid world i'd be you know following him as he enters the stadium um following him on the field uh shooting wherever he goes yeah um so he kn- he knows who i am and he would definitely recognize me out and about <laughs> um it's but, a, a complex. But yeah, it, it, it's 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 a little crazy, <laughs> but really it's not just because I've been with the Chiefs for two years. Uh, I got to the Chiefs the same year he got to the Chiefs, so like he wasn't really big as big back then as he is now. So like I'm kind of used to it, and it is what it is. So my question, the first question that comes to mind yeah. for me is. With the with the COVID situation right now, how much different is your experience? And you know, h- how did you go about getting into a rhythm as opposed to a normal year? Yeah, um, this year is definitely a lot different than normal years shooting at games. Um, I was, you know, surprised and just thankful that I could still shoot the game. I thought 
maybe there's a chance that they wouldn't give me access because I knew that they would limit a lot of people's access. And I leading up to the season, I didn't know what that looked like. And I didn't really, not that I don't care, but I didn't really care if I wasn't given any access at all. Cause this isn't my full-time job. It's just kind of like a side gig. And I knew it's just only going to be this season and we'll be back to normal next season. So I wasn't too worried, but it, it was a lot different. Um, this first, we've done two home games so far and they've, they've been the complete opposite of a normal game day. Um, as I, as I already mentioned, I'm stuck in the stands mm-hmm. uh, shooting from the first row, which is um, artistically not the same as being on the field because you're at a higher angle. angle. Mm-hmm. So that part, you know, I'm down about. Um, a lot, if you guys watch my videos, a lot of my, a lot of my shots, um, you know, need to have, need to happen like right next to the players. Like I get up close and personal as much as I can, as much as the access allows me uh, without breaking any rules, but I try to get up and close with the players to get their emotion, their sound bites, what they have to say, if they say anything or just, you know, the look on their eyes. But, you know, this season with COVID, I can't even do that. I, I can't get anywhere near them. I'm just shooting at a distance with a long lens. And that's kind of the whole the whole game is just me shooting from the stand. So um, it's, I'm not as pumped about this season as I am previous seasons. Um, I'm kind of just going through the motion right now and just trying to what make it, make it until next season or make it until they, you know, give me access to the field because it's it's not the same. What type of lens do you use pregame and postgame? So pregame, I'm on a Ronin with a 16 to 35 millimeter. So it gives me a wide angle of view. Uh, same with postgame. Mm-hmm. During the game, I'm on a 70 to 200 um, to get the action from the sidelines. And the camera that you use right now is what? Uh, I currently use a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of another thing with this season um, with access being limited i'm only using a canon eos r5 for this season only because it's easier to get the footage off of it um since i can't go to the media room Mm -hmm. which is our normal normally we have a media room down the tunnel and i could have my laptop out set up and that's where i go to export my footage from my black magic um but since of since covid they've restricted kind of where we're allowed to be so the media room is not where it's normally at and it just doesn't make sense for me to go to where it's now located. Mm-hmm. So I have to use a camera that's a little bit more mobile. And that's a, another reason I'm kind of just marking off this season because my footage, it doesn't look as good as yeah. it normally does because I'm using a different camera. So I'm just recently trying to get into videography. Like I just bought a Sony a6400. Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's awesome. And my, I wanted to ask you, what did you do at first to practice and to really get better at shooting? Because most of yeah. the time I'm just at the house. I'm like, how can I get better? Because I'm not the type of person to just go drive around and look for places to shoot or take pictures mm-hmm. of or videos of. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think that's a lot of question. A lot of aspiring creatives get stuck on is like, 
how you know now i have this camera but like how do i work on it how do i practice how do i get better um my big thing is when i was starting out you know i would basically say yes to any opportunity to shoot if my friends wanted to go do something um if my friends had an idea if if my friend's sister had a wedding or if my like i don't know just we would just run around i was i was in college when i started so there was just a lot going on then and how i kind of fine-tune my or yeah how i guess how i practiced in college shooting sports is um I started filming for my Quidditch team yeah. and started filming Quidditch tournaments and um, collegiate Quidditch tournaments. Whenever we would go play, I would play um, like normal. And then during our breaks, I would grab the camera and just film and edit hype videos. And that's kind of how I started getting into shooting and filming sports and making sports look hype. Because like, if you can make Quidditch look hype, you can make friggin' NFL football look hype. Hype um, videos, they're so, yeah. they're so hard to make. Like, cause I, it, I see the tough. effects and it's like, for me, people put out these hype videos on Instagram that are like a minute long. And people don't understand that those hype videos take about like days of work to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's it's super hard, you know, to get good at, but it's just something you got to work at and you just got to kind of over time. I mean, my first videos weren't that phenomenal as compared to now. Like it's it's taken six years for me to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been a bunch of practice. And just what I tell people now, like when people ask me that question, like, how do I practice? Like go to your local park and see if there's a soccer practice going on, see if there's a lacrosse practice going on, like go up and ask the coach, Hey, is it all right? If I practice, I'm a aspiring filmmaker. I'm just trying to get some reps in. Can I film your team? Are they okay with it? If I film y'all practicing and then I'll send y'all the video after I make an edit and you guys can do whatever you want with it, but I'll do it for free. And like you do that once you do it a couple more times, then you take that experience and you bring it to your local under 19 soccer league and say, Hey, can I film your tournaments? I'll make hype videos and you could use that to recruit more soccer players. And, and then maybe they say, yes, maybe they send out, they say, no, if they say, no, you go on to the next league, you go on to the next team and do the same thing. And then eventually you just get a reel of that stuff. And then you move on to high school soccer. Then you move on to college soccer, Juco division two, like you just start making your way up. And then you start DMing, all the soccer content creators in the MLS and say, Hey, here's where I'm at. Like, what can I do to get better? Or is this something I could use to apply to any open positions you have? And if you do that for the next two, three years, like you'll, you'll get an internship, you'll get a spot for sure. But the problem is people don't want to do that. Like they want it now. They want it tomorrow. They want it next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, it's true. And then they, all they want to do is ask me, Hey, how do I go film the NFL? And I say, <laughs> <laughs> you go put in the work you know like i don't know like how do you film the, I, filming in the nfl is really easy you just got to get a, a spot or an intern or a full-time role so now how do you get that intern how do you get that full-time role well you have to be good enough that when you apply you stand out and your reel looks good 
okay, well, next step, you just got to reverse engineer what you want and start at where you want and take it a step back, then take it a step back, then take it a step back until you're at where you're at. And then you have all the steps that you need to take to get there. I think that's the beauty and the curse of social media. The beauty of mm -hmm. it is that you get to reach out so many people that you probably would have never even talked to if there was no social media around. But the curse of it yep. is that you're always seeing people on social media doing the things that you want to do. And because mm -hmm. people are usually just posting like their highs of their life, you feel yep. like there was no work behind it to get there. Oh yeah. That's 1000% true. Like social media is the reason I'm at where I'm at now. Like mm -hmm. uh, my current bosses at let it fly media found me because I would post my work from the chiefs on my social media and kind of turn that into my portfolio. So they figured out, Oh, that's the kid who's making that heat. Let's talk to him. Let's see if we can hire him away. Yeah. And they did. Um, and like, I'm sure there's thousands of stories like that out there where like you meet someone or, you know, someone saw your work on social and that's how, that's how they got their current position. But uh, you're totally right about the con of that is like other people trying to get into this. They only see the cool stuff and they question like, why am I not at that point right mm -hmm. now? Or, you know, there's this college student who's the same age as me and he's shooting for freaking, I don't know, Juju Smith or whatever. And like, why can't I do that? Um, and what, what I say to that is, like you just have to take a step back and realize like we're all like everyone's on their journey or their path or whatever you call it and it and social media just gives you a glimpse into that current timeline mm -hmm. but everyone's timeline is not lined up the same yeah. like like my where i'm at now maybe you know towards the 60% mark and, but where you're at right now, maybe more towards like the 15% mark, you just see me at 60 and then you see yourself at, um, 15 and think, dang, like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not good enough or whatever, but really I was at 15, you know, three, four, five years ago. And three, four, five years ago, how old were you? Um, uh, so currently I'm 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was in college, I'm out, I was, I graduated college in 2017, um, went to university of Arkansas for four years, majored in broadcast journalism. And I picked up my first camera summer of 2014. So that was right before my sophomore year started is when I got my first camera. Wow. And then in less than a decade, look at everything you've done. And that kind of segues me to my next question. I see your Instagram. You've shot a Super Bowl. You've shot at major golf events. You've won two Emmys. So out of all of these incredible moments in your short career already, what is, is there any one that stands out as your favorite moment so far? Uh, that, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I think it has to be the Super Bowl. Like that's kind of like the, elephant in the room um <laughs> and the, the fact that the, the fact that it was the kansas city chiefs like so growing up I'm, I'm not a chiefs fan i'm not from kansas city but after working there full-time uh for two years one year internship one year full-time 
they became my favorite team because I, I just got to know all the players. And when you're working for a team, you just know so much more about that team than you do your hometown team. I'm from Dallas, so I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan <laughs> as well. Um, so, so the fact that, you know, the year after I leave the Chiefs, I'm shooting for the NFL in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are there as well. And the fact that they win it on that unbelievable comeback. And I'm one of the few credentialed media people to run onto the field and capture Patrick Mahomes right when the clock hits zero. Like that was a freaking wild experience. Like the two minute, once a two minute warning hit and I was like getting ready to run on and like we already knew we won so like I was like okay uh, it's go time and like the, the clock just kept ticking down and like you could tell all the media people around you were getting ready to run on you could tell the players were getting hyped like they did the freaking Gatorade bath for mm-hmm. Andy Reid like five yards from me um, and it was just you could tell the place was about to explode and it was just an insane moment to like run onto the field and be one of the first people's like trying to shoot Patrick celebrating and all the Chiefs players celebrating. So that has definitely been a highlight, um, highlight of my career for sure. So you said you started doing video and actually practicing in college. So what made you want to pick up a camera and start doing what you're doing now? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I, I, I didn't really want to, I didn't know about this passion growing up. Like mm-hmm. I, as a kid, I was just playing video games like everybody else. And I didn't really want know what I wanted to do with my life. So I kind of just followed everybody else's paths and kind of just did what I was told. Like, Hey, you need to go to middle school. And then after middle school, you go to high school. And then after high school, you go to college. And then after college, you get a job. So I was just doing what I was told. And you know, I came to, came to college, University of Arkansas, and, like, I didn't even know that I could decide to go undeclared as my major for my first year. Like, I didn't even know that was an option, and I would have done that, but I just thought that you had to have life figured out freshman year, and you had to pick your major, so I decided some stupid reason that I was going to be an engineer. <laughs> Yo, me too. <laughs> Me too. So that was a huge mistake um, <laughs> or not. Like it, it led to where I am now. So maybe it wasn't a mistake, but like, you know, I decided to be an engineer and the thinking I had was, oh, I kind of have some interest in like photography from high school. Like, you know, I remember seeing the high school uh, photographer at the football games, you know, shoot. And I was always interested in how his photos turned out. So maybe I'll be an engineer, make a lot of money and then buy a camera in 10 years and start that as a hobby and just do that on the side and just like practice, but have the safe job as an engineer and be set. Mm -hmm. So that was like my stupid plan as a freshman and then engineering kicked my butt and I just saved saved up enough money because it was like the first time I started to make a little bit of money because I got some side jobs as well. And I bought my first camera 
And I was like, F it, I'll just buy my camera now and learn how to be an engineer and learn how to do photography or videography at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then that's the summer of 2014 when I got that camera and I had a Quidditch tournament in Austin, Texas. So I was like, oh, cool. Like I'll bring my camera and like practice, like I'll break it out for the first time and use it there. And, you know, I didn't even have like a zoom lens, like a long lens. Mm -hmm. So I was like, crap, what am I going to do? I only have this wide lens, like the kit lens. Um, I'll just use my rent money, go to Best Buy and buy a zoom lens. And then I'll return it after the tournament. (laughs) So I went, bought, bought the lens, went to the tournament, played. And then after my team got knocked out, I broke out the camera and just started filming and just, you know, just started shooting had no idea what I was doing, but I was just like capturing footage. The tournament ended and I ran, I ran back to my uh, friend's house where I was staying, got on the computer and just started editing. Had no idea how to edit. Like I was using the GoPro editing app. Um, <laughs> if anybody knows what that is, but back then they had like a software to put your GoPro footage together. I used that to put my quidditch footage together so not even meant for that but cranked out my first edit that night and posted it the next day on facebook just to say hey this is what i did this summer or like this is what i did in austin um and then it kind of blew up in the quidditch community because there's a good (laughs) amount of quidditch people on facebook and everyone just started sharing it into like Quidditch groups. And like, I got hella likes, hella comments for, for back then, whatever it was, yeah. it probably was just like a hundred, but to me, that was like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's, that's a lot. lot of notifications. I'm not used to that. Like that was <laughs> the first time I ever posted something and like it popped off and that got me thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to rethink this whole engineering thing and I'll switch to, camera and like being a content creator so first week sophomore year I walk into my engineering class and it's probably the hardest week of school of my life week one like I had no idea what my professors were talking about what class was it it was statics statics (laughs) if if you know about that I know nothing about that I'm telling you yeah it sounds crazy it's like my first science of I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it, but basically my, I saw that my professor's name was on the textbook. Like he wrote it and I was like, I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So I literally opened my laptop in that class and Googled, how do I change my major Mm -hmm. (laughs) and hit enter and the rest is his history. And I could, I understand what you're saying, man, because my freshman year I was going for engineering as well. And man, pre-calculus kicked my ass, man. Like it kicked my ass. And that was just pre-calc. I was like, if I'm struggling with pre-calc, there is no way like I could even get through calculus. And I got lucky too, because it was during when COVID just happened. So, you know, we were online. So I was just searching all the answers online and we had tests like emailed to us. And I was basically just cheating my way through the class just to pass it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking like, this math is really hard and I'm not trying to do a nine to five of trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah. And that's the you thing know? is like, oftentimes people want to play it safe and do something like that. And the idea sounds really smart, 
but it's just especially with the major like engineering when it gets like when you get super deep into it you really don't have enough time to do anything else mm-hmm. yeah it's it's crazy it, it was such a wild you know how i got to where i am now is just so crazy because like i didn't i mean that all changed in college like i i, I didn't go to college knowing that i was going to do that like Heck, I didn't even choose Arkansas because of any real reason. I've never been to Arkansas. I've never been to Fayetteville. I never visited the camp. I never took a campus tour. Like, I just chose Arkansas out the blue, like, just to be a part of their marching band. Mm -hmm. And I knew nothing about the campus, but it turned out to be, like, the best decision of my life. Wow. Creative fields can be super draining. And I just wanted to ask you, how many times did you doubt yourself that you can actually get to a high level with creating content? Because I know that it's a lot of hard work behind it. And what did you do to get by those doubts and overcome those thoughts of doubt? Hmm. Honestly, I don't think I'm trying to think back, but I don't think I ever doubted myself. Mm -hmm. Like, like I think I'm a very logical person so like, I, if there's doubt, then I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to doubt myself, even if I'm not seeing the results or like, cause back then in college, I knew, I knew I had it, whatever it is. Like I knew I was good. I knew like, I was not good back then. I was not, you can go to my YouTube and scroll back and look at my <laughs> old videos. I was not good back then. But I knew that I had something and I just needed to work on it. Like, you know, if you're setting out to be a freaking football player, you're not going to be good week one, but maybe you give it a chance for five years. You might be good after that or 10 years or whatever. So I knew that I knew that's where I was like, I know my work doesn't show that I am good, but I just need someone to give me a chance. And I don't know if you saw this tweet on my Twitter, but I posted my spreadsheet of the 60 no answers slash denied responses from other teams and companies that declined my application. So that was all throughout my spring semester when I was applying and not a single time during that process of getting all those no's did I ever doubt myself. I was... 100% I 100% knew why they were saying no to me is because I didn't have the you know the experience I didn't shoot a single football game in college like it was all Quidditch wow. so I, I understood that you know I didn't have the access to you know show on my reel like if I could shoot football but I knew I could shoot fo shoot shoot football because like I did so well with the Quidditch stuff that I just kept telling myself every time someone said no, that they were just sleeping on me mm -hmm. and I just needed one person to give me a chance. And I, and that was the Kansas city chiefs. So went there 2017 for an internship and then worked, worked so hard to prove myself that they offered me a full-time position for 2018 season. Wow. That's incredible. So my next question and 
this is one of the things that when, when I heard we had an interview with you, this is the first thing that came to mind for me because you look at your Instagram and you see so many almost larger than life figures to any normal human being like Patrick Mahomes, Tiger Woods, and, and all these other crazy athletes. How insane is it to work with them every day? And, you know, does it ever lose its luster? Um, it, it's definitely, you know, wild and like crazy cool to think about. But to be honest, like for me, like those are just, uh, is like Patrick is just another guy. Like it's not, I try not to look at them through a lens of like stardom or like fandom because that's not what I'm here for. Like a lot of people always ask me like, yo, did you get like Patrick to sign you an autograph or something? And I'm like, I haven't asked one of these dudes for, for anything. Like, no, like that's not, that's not what, that's not what I'm doing this for. Like, I'm not doing this to get closer to them. I'm doing this to just, this is just what I love to do. And they just happen to be there. So, um, like, like it's, it's, it's a cool, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we were at Payne's Valley shooting and we got to interview a tiger and he just enters the room and I'm just focused on, you know, making sure all the equipment's working, the camera's going. And like, like it was crazy to think after the fact, like once he left, like, dang, that was tiger woods. But in the moment <laughs> and like leading up, I'm just like, it's just, it's just another interview. Like I, I need to make sure it's recording. I need to make sure it's in focus. I need to make sure the audio's looks good. I need to make sure the lighting looks good. Like there's so many other things I need to focus on that. It's not, there's no like starstruckness. So after the fact, after that happened, there wasn't one thought where you were like, damn, I should have got his autograph. <laughs> nope. <laughs> if, if anything, maybe like a picture yeah. But I would never ask for like, hey, can I get a picture? But if anything, it'd be like a picture of us in the same room just so I could flex on all of y'all on Instagram. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> Is there anything left that you, I mean, you're so young already and you have knocked off so many achievements that people go their whole life trying to achieve. Is there anything left for you on the list that you want to check off? Oh yeah, there, there's plenty. I mean, like Super Bowl is great and all, but it's only one Super Bowl. Like, why not ten yeah. more? <laughs> why not the NBA Finals? Why not a World Cup, Olympics? Like, there's so many, so many events and so many cool things that I could shoot. Like, I, I'm not even like, yes, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tiger Woods, those are big names, but like, we barely, we barely done, we barely, you know, scratched the surface with those guys, let alone the rest of, you know, like, what about Messi? What about LeBron? Like, what about OBJ? Like, <laughs> like there's some bigger, like insane things out there. Like it's it, all of it. It's out there. Like, and it's crazy that like any of it could happen. Like I could get a call tomorrow that says I'm going to wherever to do whatever, like it could just happen. Um, so I guess that's, it's, I'm not even close at the point of thinking about like what's left It's more like what's, what's next. next. Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, um, to, to a certain extent you are, you are shooting and getting to shoot the LeBron James of the NFL and Mahomes. 
because he is like the top of the top right now. Like this guy might go down as the best to ever play when it's all yeah, said and done. Yeah, um, for sure. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think about that sometimes, but like, there's still, it's it still doesn't matter to me. Like, yeah. it's just shooting and editing that I'm doing what I love to do. So um, I don't care who's in front of the camera. So uh, also, I was thinking you're around these high class athletes all the time and you're doing your job. Like you said, you don't even have time to think about the people that you're working with, but seeing them and the way they work, is there any parallels between you and them and the way they push themselves to be great and the way, you know, you're pushing yourself to push out this great content? Um. Yeah, I guess a little bit. I mean, as I probably saw this more when I was at the Chiefs and like around those guys a lot more. Um, but again, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier about people's timelines and how they're probably at maybe the 100, the 90% or the 85% or the 100% of their peak. And I'm maybe at the 60%, the 65%, 70 So I know that they put in work behind closed doors to put them in a position to be where they're, where they're going and where they're headed and what they've done. So it's, it is cool to kind of, you know, have that side by side, um, especially during games too. Like, you know, they're on the field doing their thing. I'm on the field doing my thing and they, um, they help make my thing easier. Yeah. So I I just have one last question. Um, yeah. What's your advice for up and coming content creators that want to get into the field? Just maybe in terms of practicing and just for them to stay motivated, whatever you have to say. Yeah. Um, what well, something I like to say is like, for me, it's hard. It's like a simple equation, hard work plus patience equals success. So you got to work hard. Like you can't, sit on your butt all day and you know complain that there's a pandemic or like that you're not getting your chance or that people aren't giving you a shot or that your camera is not good enough or that you know all these excuses that people have like you just gotta see what your options are what your variables are and then that's the card you're dealt that that's the hand you're dealt and you just gotta take it from there and if you don't then it's not going to happen. Um, and then I, the, the second part of that is the patience part. Like, like, like I said earlier, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next month, next week. It's not going to happen in two years. It's not going to happen in five years. It's not going to happen in 10 years. And you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to, it'll happen in X amount of years when it happens, but you can't put a number a straight answer on when it'll happen or when you'll be successful. Um, You just got to put your nose to the grindstone and go to work. Like there's no other options. Um, I, I tend to look at life pretty black and white. Like if you want something to happen, then you got to make it happen. But if you just sit there, you know, nothing's going to happen. So that's, if you're okay with nothing happening, then just sit there and, you know, chill. But if you want something to happen, you got to go make it happen. It's awesome. Yeah. 
that is like the advice. We're, I mean, you said it better than I could because like you mentioned, 60 teams and, and groups and companies that said no to you, and now look at what you're pushing out, and I bet those 60 companies and teams are kicking themselves on the butt for passing up on you. Yeah, it was. it's like what happened if I stopped applying at 61? Like what happens if I decided to quit at 59 or whatever, whatever number it was, um, you know, you're, you're always one DM away, one, one post away, one, one project away. Like you're always one thing away from either it happening or it getting closer to happening. And like, uh, you know, a lot of people are, they DM me and they ask, and like, they say they're, they're like scared to, to like put themselves out there or scared to like, you know, reach out and ask questions or whatever it is. And I, I get it. You know, when I was growing up, I'm more, I think I'm more of a shy person. Like I, I get being scared to like walk up to somebody and asking them a question or like, you know, I was always scared to like make a phone call to like book a, a doctor's appointment. Like I never wanted to do that. I always wanted my mom to do that. Um, but at some point, like you just gotta, you just gotta like pick up the phone and call and like just explain like, Hey, um, I'm just trying to do, make an appointment. Like, I'm not really sure how that works. Like, can you help me out? And they'll, and it'll, it'll, it'll work out. Cause that's their, the, the person on the other line. That's their job to, you know, get you booked. So like, what I tell people is I always, you know, I always shoot that DM, like, you know, even if they don't respond, then that's okay. You can move on to the next one. Like I always go up to that person with the cool camera and say, Hey, like, how do you like that camera? Like, is it cool? Like, is it good for video? Is it good for photos? And like, if, if they're rude or if they don't respond, then that's fine. Like let them be rude. Just then it's not, not not something you could fix you just move on to the next thing and like so many people let so many things affect them but you got to realize you're you can only control what you can control so like if something negative is happening then say okay that that was a negative let's move on to the next thing and try to get a positive like that's where i think i separate myself from a lot of people is because i look at stuff so logical or like from that logos mindset it's if something good happens great if something bad happens great what am i doing next you know so that's all the questions i have i don't know about you jack no that's all that i have (laughs) (laughs) all right so we want to thank you for your time and we want to also wish you the best of luck and the best of success and whatever you choose to do in the near future it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. And good luck with your success, y'all successes too with your podcast. I'm excited to see where it heads. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. and keep pushing out the content because it's awesome stuff. Will do. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. All right. This is it for this episode of the Pick a Side podcast. Um, it was a pleasure to have Billy on the show. And like always, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube at Pick a Side Podcast. And that's it for this show. 
This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire.